Hello, patrons. Welcome to our October. Is this October? It patron is, it special. It is October patron special. Today is September 24th. <gasps> so it's not October yet. It's not October yet, but it will be very soon. When and you hear this, it will be October. Okay. But when you hear this to edit it, it will not be October. That is true. So here's what's going on with me. Time travel. I, I, I don't talk about this on the, on the you know, father podcast, flagship the podcast. daddy podcast. The daddy podcast. I am moving. I don't think I've mentioned again. this. Again. <laughs> I'm moving in like five days. I'm going back to the East Coast from Portland, Oregon. So I've got just a, just a lot of stuff to do between now and then. His place is a wreck. It's a wreck. There's bugs everywhere. Boxes, mashed potatoes strewn all over the house. That is your old roommate's room, not my house. Mm. I do not have food strewn about my apartment. Thank you very much. I am a very clean person. Do not look at my toilet. But <laughs> I haven't I haven't cleaned because I'm moving, okay? That's that's what's happening. I'm like, why This am reminds I gonna... me that I need to buy a toilet brush, but continue. You can have my toilet brush. I don't want I want a fresh toilet brush. They cost like Two ninety nine, and you should get one of the kits with the um with the plungers that actually don't work because the plungers should have the little thing that actually we like, don't need goes into to the plunge the toilet usually. Well, what if you need to? I know. Watch tonight. I'm going to clog the toilet. Apparently, this is turning into cartridge blowers. We're very upset. <laughs> I'm very sorry for all of you. Uh, yeah, so I'm moving in a few days, so I've got a bunch of stuff going on. So we're doing this a little earlier than we normally do. Um, but you know, it's still going to be good. We both watched Trekkies. That's yes. what we're talking about this month. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that um, I haven't seen this movie in a few years. Well, I saw I've, I've already seen this as well. And I think I probably the last time you saw it was when you and I watched it because I did watch it with you. Really? We watched this? Yes. I think I said this. was Why? I don't remember. But did, what, did, well, this was were, were it we, was before. Were we friends then? Yes, it was before Trek about. I think this was part of the way you were. You slowly introduced Star Trek to me. Was I? I think I. I mean, I'd seen a couple episodes. I had a vague interest in watching the movie, and you're I, like, yes, let's do it. I think that you are giving me entirely too much credit for having a long game. <laughs> But says the man who it. has a spreadsheet telling us when how long it's going to take us to finish. You know everything. Which I need to update because of the existence of Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> but I haven't gotten around to that yet. Yeah, no, I think that um, I watched this last night, and I like it a lot. I mean, yeah. I don't know that it's like a great documentary, but I think that it reminds me very much of what it was like to be a Star Trek fan in the 1990s, and frankly, it was fucking amazing. I know. It, I I mean, it's you nice. missed out, Richard. It's nice being a Star Trek fan now, and I hope Discovery Are you will... a Star Trek fan now? Well, I have no fucking choice. It's are Stockholm a, are, Syndrome as the worst. Are you, a, yeah, are you a Trekkie or a Trekker? I do this every week, Trekker. That whole conversation at the end of Trekkies, <laughs> by the way, with the whole Trekkie versus yeah. Trekker thing was taken very seriously 20 years I can ago. imagine. And no one cares now. The only, I mean, I will say Kate Mulgrew's thing where like Trekkie is more passive, Trekker is someone who's trekking with us kind of a thing. Oh, like, she didn't know what the Oh, fuck. no, I know. I know. And I know she was bullshitting and kind of making it up as she went along. That said, that sounds pretty good. I like that idea. I think it works. Yeah, I I think that I mean this is I mean I I I think it's a good time for us to do this now because you have enough experience with Star yeah. Trek to appreciate the fandom to appreciate it on the level in which I think 
people watching this movie would would appreciate it. And well, one, yeah, well, even sim- as simple as stuff is like you know knowing who Denise Crosby is now, and you know when she's yeah. talking, you know, when she's showing the pictures people drew and she's like oh this is neelix and i had no idea who that character was and uh you still don't really know who neelix sorry is. not neelix sorry uh what, what the hell is her name in uh seska seska not seska that's a character from voyager i have voyager on the brain the romulan ca- yes yeah, when she's showing pictures of seal and we said oh i had to die you know and then i got yesterday like now that i've seen those episodes romulan you know, subcommander soda i don't remember anybody's names yeah, you, you, you obviously you need some, some have more context, context, backstory to, to appreciate mm-hmm. the movie entirely. Um, I will say that uh, the guy who um, was doing all of the stuff with the costumes and running the thing and making the fan movies and that that was basically me when I was fourteen. No, um, I it was I was just quite a nerd, um, and I still am. Everybody- but I'm a lot cooler now, and I get laid. So you know, I mean, I loved every single person who they no, showed all in this mu- well, movie. Well. It's weird because there was this one criticism of the first Trekkies because they, they made a sequel a few years later. Yeah, which I want to see. This came out in 1997. So this was like really at the height of Star Trek. I think we've we've intimated about this before. We've talked a little yeah. bit about this maybe on the mic, maybe off the mic. I don't remember um, because our lives are very yeah intertwined and crazy. And I don't know what the fuck we do all the time. <laughs> like We talk on the mics. We talk off the mics. I don't know. But I just carry around a recording device and we yeah. record our conversations all the time. That uh, this was really at the height of Star Trek's, you know, oh. popularity, and so this it, was post TNG, post TNG, but while Voyager and DS Nine were on the air, Voyager and DS Nine were both on the air. You know, there, Star Trek was going nowhere but up, mm-hmm. right? And there were legitimately Star Trek conventions all around the country, at least once a a a, a, a weekend. Mm-hmm. That may still be true. I don't know. I don't think so. But the thing is, there are still Star Trek conventions. I mean, this is something that has been going on since 1973 mm-hmm. or 1974. You know, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of other specific conventions that are specific to various television shows or franchises that are no longer being done. I mean, there were Stargate conventions for a while. I don't yeah. think there are Stargate conventions anymore. There were X-Files conventions for a while. I don't think there are X-Files conventions anymore. So... There were Babylon 5 conventions. Yeah. I don't Twin Peaks has con- there, conventions. There were Twin yeah. Peaks. I mean, there were all kinds of conventions that were when the show was on the air, when the show was really popular, even for a couple of years after. Yeah. But they all eventually die out. And Star Trek has essentially been off the television airwaves for 11, 12 years now. We, we have had three new movies, which are various states of terrible or good, depending on yeah. your opinion. And we'll get to those at some point. But... We're talking about a phenomenon that has been going on for huh? 50 years. I mean, and this is also a good time to watch this movie because this is the 50th anniversary year of okay. Star Trek. So, Yeah, well, I mean, even as a lot of the people, um, you know, I, I, was it, I think James Duan who's, you know, was saying like, yeah, there's no, but several of them say like there's no reason, you know, this has been going on for 30 years, you know. And it has. It will probably continue, yeah. And it has slowed down. Yeah. I mean, there are only a handful of Star Trek conventions in, in, in the United States anyway every year, but there are still Star Trek conventions all over the place. And, and you know what? Even to the point where I saw on Facebook last week that um, someone who lived in, um, I think, like Ethiopia or something, uh, Star Trek is now available worldwide on Netflix. Yeah. And, nice. you know, Star Trek has been difficult for people to watch in some parts of the world for a very long time. And now you have this unprecedented access 
to all 726 episodes or whatever it is of every single Star mm-hmm. Trek series in preparation for Discovery. Of course, CBS yes. is not doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. No, but, but it's nice but that, that everything's dovetailing. It's still going on to this day. It's still this massive cultural force. And we are, uh, uh, again, we don't know at this point what Discovery is going to be like and what the response to it, but... It's not without the realm of possibility that that's going to give it another shot in the arm and that will kick it into another, you know, yeah, <laughs> another well, age of fandom. And I, you know, I, well, we're talking a little around the movie, but I think that's but I think what given we're going the, to be doing. Given the concept of the movie, I think. to I mean, well, to give, I don't know if we ever really talked about a lot of the context because that Star Trek Discovery comment you just made, I think, is a really interesting one because... Discovery is certainly being criticized, I think, unfairly for some reasons. You know, the trailer that they put out with the ship was being criticized in all corners for being amateurish and blah, blah, blah. It's like they did it in two days. It was supposed to be. I mean, it was terrible, but it's a teaser. (laughs) I mean, it was fine. It was, you know, it's who cares? You know, it's like it looked cool. I don't care. But Discovery is also coming at a point when. There's not as much writing on the success or failure of Discovery, I think, because they've they've done this before. You know, P, I, mm. I don't think we've ever really talked about sort of the, the the reception that Star Trek The Next Generation got when it was first on the air. I mean, they don't really say this in this in this documentary Trekkies, but, you know, there were people selling bumper stickers at conventions for years while TNG was on the air. I think Ron Moore talks about this. Um, you know, Kirk and Spock forever. There, there's no Picard. Who is Picard? Yeah. You know, we don't want this. It was a profound change. It was a huge risk to reinvent the concept of Star Trek with all new characters in a brand new setting. And no one thought it was going to be successful because Star Trek was Star Trek. Star Trek was Kirk. Star Trek was Spock. Yeah. Star Trek was the USS Enterprise. It was based around one television show. And the fact that it was translated into TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, successfully or not, depending on various states of what you think about those shows, is testament to the fact that it can be done again. Yeah. So Discovery existing now is not this huge unknown as TNG yeah. was. It's a philosophy, an attitude, a uh, certainly a setting, but it's not a but it, it's not a specific group of characters. TNG really turned Star yeah. Trek into an expansive universe in a way that it wasn't before. I think. Well, you know, I, and I have to wonder because I, I mean, we see so many. You know, everyone talks about, oh, everything's a remake. And I guess people have been saying everything's a remake for decades now because, you know, there is no thing new under the sun. But I can see how Next Generation might have been seen as a cynical cash-in, you know, thing like, you know, when a band that broke up acrimoniously has a reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the, (laughs) it's, you know, to a degree, it's almost like, you know, the Pixies having a new album. Like, you know, leave leave it where it was. Fans in the mid-80s wanted... Uh, another television show with Kirk and Spock and yeah. McCoy. And, you know, they got the movies, and the movies are good. They were going to get another television show in the 70s that was canceled. Maybe we should do a patron special on that at some point. But, yeah, it, it was really a, a profound change. And then, of course, what you get in, in, in Trekkies is this expansive fan base that is just fanatical about Star yeah. Trek in all of its forms. And it, it, it did not kill the fandom it it made it bigger yeah it it, it allowed it to 
I, I mean, we this movie definitely goes into some of the you know oh you know that was the first black woman I'd seen on TV that you know Whoopi Goldberg famously you know when she first saw it, you know was shocked that this was a black woman who was not a maid yeah um, you know. Uh, they have people saying, oh, I love Captain Janeway. I love that. You know, there's a tough lady on the, you know. Um, and she's, and I, I like the fact that they say that Janeway is, she's strong and she's in command. Yeah. But she's not a witch with a capital B. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that. <laughs> that's, that's someone that something says in the movie. I'm not saying that. But yeah, it's that kind of thing where, yeah. where you can, I mean, because, you know, I have opinions about Voyager when we get to Voyager. Yeah. You know, but, at this point, I still don't. The I, I will say so they show the you know they show a brief clip of them filming DS Nine which was I don't remember which episode that was but Blood it was, Oath yeah it was I think it was the one where um no it's the one where Worf and Dax are on the ship on the Klingon uh, ship right because yeah. yeah she it's when she you know knocks the guy down she's like oh I'm the science officer yep. on the sh-. yeah and I mean it was cool to see you know the, that little behind the scenes clip of it but. And LeVar the, Bird being like, great job, Terry Farrell. Yay! Um, you act the hell out of that. <laughs> um, the one clip of Voyager that they showed didn't seem as promising, but... <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have very specific thoughts about Voyager that we will get to. Yeah, I, I, I guess the more... You know, every, every version of Star Trek has, you know, looked at the previous version and said, okay, what gaps were led? You know, yeah. obviously... You know, Star Trek itself looked at society and said, well, you know, I want to put, you know, people of color. I want to put, you know, a woman on the bridge, you know, those kind of things. Next generation comes along and says, well, you know, it's it's 30, it's 20 years later, you know, okay, now we've got to get, well, you know, we're going to have two women on the bridge. One's going to be the doctor. The other's going to be, you know, a psychologist. You know, so, you know, they, they're going to have a more expanded role. Yep. DS9, you know, all right, well, we're giving, you know, the captain's going to be a black man, you know, and... and Voyager, you know, the captain's a woman, yeah, and, et cetera, and, et cetera. And even in the secondary characters, DS9 could look could be looking at uh, TNG and saying, well, Crusher and Troy weren't always, you know, just, you know, done justice. So, you know, Dax and Kira, you know, are very different yep. female characters than Crusher and Troy were when they had episodes, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, certainly the more that... The more twists they put in the formula, the more people who are able to, you know, have a place within this fandom. I mean, one of certainly this is one of those movies which all of these people isolated are quirky and weird, but are part of something bigger, which gives them all dignity. And I think that's really what the movie says at the end of the day is is, is dignity that that yeah. all of these people, you know, because the movie got weird criticism even at the time for showing like non-normal fans and i I think these people are fine i think these people are beautiful i i i see nothing wrong with these people at all there there's some there and the movie talks about this right i mean like because famously okay we need to deal with the woman who dressed up as as you know a starfleet officer to go to the whitewater trial and who i love she's great i love her i think you know she's because I think that what what is she's the I think she's really the one person in the movie or the one fan in the movie that that does take it probably further than a lot of other fans do. But you know I'm not going to the grocery yeah. store in my Starfleet uniform. I don't own a Starfleet uniform. No, because I don't, you have that I, bathrobe. I have a bathrobe and I have a hoodie and I I wear the hoodie out. I don't uh-huh. care. But but I think that that you know one of the things that I think is so profound about this movie is that 
they make more than one person makes the analogy that, you know, people can go out in football jerseys and yeah. bats an eye. But if you put on a Starfleet uniform, people think you're insane. Yeah, exactly. And especially when she explains it, you know, this is a uniform that's so yes, it's associated with the TV show. But in real life, it has gone to a civic organization that she belongs to. That's done lots of good in her community. Right, She's volunteering right. for you. Yeah, they probably have a they've adopted a highway and stuff. And so. You know, and what do you feed a highway? Uh, grains and vegetables. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so that way the road gets bumpy, right? Um, she, yeah, yeah. She's also, uh, I there's the one, I one person who says, you know, well, you know, the, the values of Starfleet, dignity for all people, you know, sense of justice, all those things are perfect qualities you want in a juror. Yeah, and yeah, you know, well, it, that's why I love her because she is part of a group that you know, has come together mm-hmm. uh, uh, through their love of Star Trek and are taking the the ideals of Star Trek and putting them into the real world. Yeah. And I like that. I think that's great. You know, and I like that, you know, number one, her co-workers, yeah, they agree that she's a little weird, but they all have lovely things to say about her. You know, they, it's gotten them to take the, you know, there's the one woman who said, oh yeah, I started watching it, you know, too. And then when you see her with... You know, there's a scene where she's with a couple other members of the group and, you know, they're talking about that. And you realize, oh, these people are just as crazy as she is, you know, and they have a lot of fun together, you know. Right. Well, there's the the kid, the little 10 year old boy who says, oh, yeah, like, I love this group because I can goof around. The adults are the ones that are goofing around even more than I am. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's even bringing people like that together. But um, what I well, no, go ahead. What I thought was funny was how there were a few um, people who. Uh, you know, in, uh, this is a movie that in s- some sections read very differently in 2016 as opposed to 1997. Number one was the discussion on Slash. Number two yeah. was the uh, the fellow who was dressed in the wig and saying, oh, this is a character. Actually, I'm playing his wife. I mean, he yeah. is, he's playing out certain gender, you know, ideas in you – know, And he is, he is specifically <laughs> – he is specifically cosplaying a character that he – invented who is the wife yeah of the dead astronaut in the tng episode the royale which oh, is one of my favorite episodes of tng i love that episode i misremember that which one that is oh my god how can you forget well i don't remember titles they go to the casino oh that one oh that one yeah okay well you know and and, and in both cases number one slash has gotten so much more like there's the one you know, person who's in the dark, you know, and with a distorted voice and saying, you know, it's controversial in some ways, like... And you can't even imagine anyone doing that nowadays. Yeah, and, you know, again, now, you know, where we, you know, have had a lot more understanding of what it means to be trans and that kind of stuff, you know, again, that guy comes off as, you know, okay, well, I understand what he's doing. I could see how in 1997 before a lot of these ideas had really percolated to mainstream or even been developed in some ways because uh, gender has changed very much in the past 20 years. Um, how much he, how he would have come off is weirder. So it's it, in a way, it is very nice to well, see these sections and be like, you know, th- that's gone in a little mainstream. The one yeah. gay couple that they interview, you know. The USS Battle Queen, which I loved. <laughs> um, yeah, the gay couple they interview for, the, you know, two handsome blonde dude, white dudes you know are gonna have a very different time in 2016 than they did in 97 but doesn't that indicate and i'm gonna blow your mind yeah i'm ready that star trek 
Or, or let's say, let's say that the culture has caught up to Star Trek in some ways. I, I think that's not a bad idea. I think we certainly, when we talk about the ideal government, I know you and I have said a couple of times, like, oh, we want to bring about the Federation. Like that's what you know the goal in some yeah. ways is. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and if you look at the fandom specifically, I mean, I am someone you know, I don't go to many star trek conventions i mean i usually go to the one i've gone to the one in in las vegas for the past four years every Mm -hmm. year that happens in august it's a good time you know you meet people you make friends you talk to people online you do all kind you know you see the actors you you know uh uh it's 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 fun but and i went to a couple when i was uh younger a teenager Mm -hmm. you know but i i wasn't like going to them every weekend or anything i also lived in a part of the country frankly where you know there weren't that many of them. I mean, there, the one that I used to go to was in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I think I went to it twice. I know. And you had to stand up on a boat to get there. Yeah, it was, it was tough. <laughs> but, you know, I remember it as being this massive thing. And I don't know if it actually was, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, you know, because I went to one in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, maybe three or four years ago. And it was really small. And it was fun. I mean, I had a good time and people were really excited to be there and everyone, you know, the spirit of cooperation, the spirit of love, you know, that that is real. And that continues to this day where I think that everybody that goes to Star Trek conventions goes there primarily because these are these are your people. These are your tribe. You feel comfortable around these people. And it's it's just a really friendly, nice atmosphere. You know, I, you see all different types of people from all walks of life. You know, you see all races, all genders, trans people, you know, queer people. Uh, uh, people with disability. I mean, there's just, you know, yeah. all kinds of people and, and no one is treated badly that I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. No. But... Well, a couple of things this is reminding me of is number one, I was a few years ago at a, uh, they might be giants concert with a friend. And there was this, one, you know, there was the Istanbul, one Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. They have so many other songs. Um, that's the only one I know. I know you've, you've done yourself a disservice musically. Um, there was, you know, have I? Yeah. You know, you know how there's the one drunk asshole at the concert, you know? Yeah. It's usually me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, complaining and, you know, my friend was like, well, you know, just remember this guy's here at a, they might be giant show. Like there is something weird in him too. Like, you know, that, you know, you should respect. And that was a very, you know, good point. Um, I was also talking to another friend recently. She does those little Funko figures. The, uh, like you have, I got you the Riker one. Oh yeah. The little square. Um, yep. so there's a very, there's a Funko customization scene out there where, you know, you'll paint your own, you know, to look like, you know, whatever characters you want sure. that. And, you know, she sent me a picture of something that someone did and she, you know, she was saying, oh, yeah, you know, I love her work. And, you know, she's really nice to everybody in the scene. And I was saying, you know, yeah, that's, you know, that that's what I like about, you know, niche fandoms. Like I hang I talk on Twitter with a ton of like DOS game and, you know, enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. And it's like at a point where, you know, you realize that what you're into is so niche and uncool that. You know, everybody else who is into this, like, you're really lucky to find them, you know, because most people don't have this. And so you do have a thing in common. I mean, that's not how fandom scenes always work, but I think that's kind of the ideal of how a fandom scene should work. Yeah, I think that's true. And one of the things that this movie particularly makes clear, though, is that it it, it really was the fans that, I think to to this day, it's the fans that, that really own star trek yeah and have made it what it is you know to 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 the degree that i don't know that there are many other fandoms out there that could make that claim well you, you know i think that star trek fandom set the model for what we think fandom looks yeah. like 
I don't think that there would be a Comic-Con without that first Star Trek convention in 1973 or 1974. Well, I, 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 and I think that, so what, from what my understanding of Paramount's, uh, view towards the fandom and the movie touches on this briefly is that, you know, for most of it, it's too tiny for them to really do anything about without looking like complete assholes. And at this point, you know, especially, well, they thought there was no money in it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I know certainly, you know, a project that would get too big, they would want some kind, you know, they, they'd want a, a discussion about that first, but for the most part, they, I, I think they realized that, you know, these expressions of fandom are expressions of love and frankly elevate the series rather than harm it in any way. I mean, that that's the thing about – you'll read some authors who I hate having fan fiction written about my stuff. I want control of the story and I do appreciate that thought. I mean, certainly it's my world. I don't necessarily want you playing with it and doing, you know, stuff that's against, you know, but I think – the. We, you know, we'll talk about Roddenberry's philosophy, and I know you tend to talk about that as Roddenberry's philosophy, but there is a philosophy of optimism, of dignity for everybody that's baked into the very thing that's being a fan of. And so, of course, yeah. that, that is within the culture, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to be clear, I mean, not, not to turn this into a, a, a trial about Gene Roddenberry. I'm not saying Gene Roddenberry was a bad person. No. I think that, that he really did believe a lot of this stuff, and I think that he put this well, into Star human. Trek. But at the same time, um, he gets a lot of credit for things that he did not create. Hmm. I think that Gene L. Kuhn does not get nearly enough credit for for inventing things like the Prime Directive, <laughs> for instance. And I, I think that the whole idea of Star Trek as a, you know, a, a utopian ideal is certainly there, but it was also created, you know, kind of when Gene Roddenberry was out in the wilderness in the seventies and people loved him because he created this thing that they really loved and all this stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying this is untrue, but you know, there, there's a little, a little bit of Gene Roddenberry, which always annoys me because it's kind of my shit doesn't stink kind of thing. And you know, he certainly did create Star Trek, but I think a lot of other people have done yeah. a lot of stuff for Star Trek that have have made it what it is, including the fans. And I think that, you know, for example, those those two women that that hosted that uh, talk truck. Show, I love them. Don't you love them? That's us. I mean, they're great. And the heavier one looks exactly like my grandmother did. Well, I have sad news for you. Oh, no. She's dead. My grandmother. No, well, she is. Well, she is, but also the maybe she was your grandmother. Aww. The the woman, uh, okay, is dead. I think she died like in two thousand one. Mm. But uh, still, they were lovely. But and, and I will say, I totally hard. So I watched the movie with my boyfriend, and he when he saw that part, he's like, "Oh, it's you and Eric." And I'm like, "Yeah," but you know, they talk about how you know when you have you know Trek is something that you want to you know share and you just want to talk about. I mean. Having gone through this experience of being in the world of Trek for the past four years in a way that I never was, I totally understand that impulse. Like, I, it makes complete sense why you wanted to share this with mm-hmm. me, why you uh, – it came it, – you know, it's almost an evangelism in a way, uh, but – it's so good. No, I mean, I, I, I guess that's it. Like there, there is. This. I was having a Twitter. This is weird. I was having a Twitter conversation with someone, and and we you talk about Star Trek a lot, and because that's what you do. <laughs> I don't know this guy. I've never met him. I don't know who he is really, but 
he's talking about Voyager and he's talking, you know, he was rewatching Voyager recently and, and talking a lot about that on Twitter and how Voyager is not a very good show, mm-hmm. but you know, and I, I get that, but I, I said at one point to him, I was like, you know, I understand that, but, but like there's, there's a degree to which I love all Star Trek hmm. uncritically just because it's Star Trek. There's something about well, it, even when it's really, really bad that is is profoundly different in tone or spirit or intent or whatever it is from a lot of other stuff. And he was like, yeah, I get that. You know, I'm the same way. Yeah. And I think that, that that's what is so great about Star Trek in, in, in particular. Well, I mean, love, I think, is a right word for that because, let's face it, the people that you love, you accept their imperfections. And you can accept... I the, don't. Well, that's why you're so mean to me. <laughs> No, you can accept the franchise's imperfections and know that, you know, well, that was a bad run of episodes, but it's capable of so many good things that I'll never yeah, hear. It. Yeah, yeah. And I think because it's also one of those things like, you know, I can make fun of my little brother, but you can't yeah. make fun of my little brother, you know, because that's one of the things that I find so interesting about Trekkies in particular is that I really do feel like the cultural opinion of Star Trek has really shifted in the past 20 years. You know, I remember being a Star Trek fan in the 90s when I was in high school. And, you know, I went for, I went to high school from 1994 to 1998. And that was prime Star Trek yeah. time. You know, this was prime Trekkies time. This movie was filmed in, in 96 and 97. Yeah. So it was something that was still viewed as really geeky, as really, really nerdy, yeah. as uh, uh, something you should not really advertise necessarily. And these conventions were an outlet for a lot of people hmm. that did not feel like they could, you know, let their truck flag fly <laughs> to, to borrow a 21st century fl- phrase. Um, very, very high in, in normal everyday yeah. life. And I think that that's changed now. I, I think that for the most part, when I tell people that I'm a Star Trek fan yeah. or that, you know, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is my favorite television show or that I do a Star Trek podcast, everyone's always, I mean, I've never People gotten a bad react. Cool. They think it's cool. It's <laughs> weird. I mean, I mean, you know, certainly in, in general, the, I mean, there's that one woman who said, you know, oh, we, it it always feels weird going to a convention, you know, coming home from a convention because then I have to be normal again, right? You know, and you and know, to me, looking at this from from the vantage point of 2016, it's yeah. like I've worn my Star Trek hoodie to the grocery store. I don't yeah. care. You know, I mean, like, the, the perception of science fiction and fantasy in general, and this is maybe a post internet thing. It, it's it's a bunch of things. You know, getting, but I mean, fantasy in general, post Lord of the Rings, you know, Peter yeah. Jackson's has become cooler to, you know, w- you you will see people, ma- you know, making references to, you know, oh, my precious that never would, you know, 20 years ago, never would have even, you know, known yeah. anything about. Well, that's, series. that's that, uh, the, the therapist in the movies point, even, even 20 years yeah. ago, where he talks about like using Star Trek terms mm-hmm. that even if people don't know anything about Star Trek, they understand them. Yeah. You know? And I think that's really true. And a lot, you know. The, the series was very iconic. A lot of it is the visual design of it is very recognizable. It's very, yeah. you know, and so, you know, the image of Spock, for example, is such an iconic thing that even if you don't watch the show, you'll just get it through pop culture osmosis. But yeah, yeah. You know, Why? Well, I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, even now there are documentaries being made about Star Trek. I mean, I went and saw the the For the Love of Spock documentary that was mm. made by Adam, Adam Nimoy, uh, Leonard Nimoy's son, a couple weeks ago, and that talks a lot about the the cultural 
implications and the cultural impact that Spock obviously specifically yeah. had, but also but also Leonard Nimoy, but also Star Trek and. It's something, I mean, the fact that they can still make documentaries about yeah. Star Trek 50 years later is, is insane. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I guess this is a good time to talk about the very sad fact that, you know, this movie features a lot of yeah. interview footage from a lot of actors that have gone. And, you know, it really did hit me watching this movie yeah. last night. How many of them have died? Yeah, watch. Oh, she's not with us anymore. Oh, he's not with us. Oh, he died this year. Yeah. You know. I mean, you've got you've got Major Roddenberry and Gene Roddenberry who are both dead. You've got um, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, um, uh, uh, Janice Rand, uh, not Janet. Well, what's her real name? Mm. <laughs> Grace Lee Whitney. <laughs> uh, you know, all of these all of these actors have have passed on, and and Leonard Nimoy, of course. And and so watching this, you're like, wow, yeah, they're really they're really starting to drop. But um, it's very very bittersweet. And yeah. the thing is too that I like about it. I mean, I don't like the fact that they're dead, but um, it's it's it continues because yeah. we're bringing we're going to be bringing in another group of actors into this family uh, yeah. with Star Trek Discovery. This is always going on. You know, there's going to be Star Trek conventions for years and years and years. And even though at some point in the near future, sadly, all of the TOS actors are going to be gone because, you know, let's, yeah. be, let's be frank. Then, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, they're all getting up there. People don't live forever. And 2016 has been a difficult year. 2016 has been a difficult year. But but I think that that it's not uh, that is what is so great specifically about, you know, that that whole through line about the first Star Trek fandom and and. There would be no Star Trek fandom now yeah. if it wasn't for the fans. If it wasn't for the fans loving this, putting on their own convention. In in I mean, you know, George Takei has that great thing where he said, you know, they called him up and they're like, we're going to pay your expenses. We'll fly you out there. We'll put <laughs> you at a hotel. And he said, these people are fools. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, talking about it living on, I mean, and I think it's Denise Crosby, you know, says at one point, like, you know, I just took the job. I didn't know what I was getting into, but, you know. Which I think is less true now, of course. Of but. course. I, I, well, I want to talk about her for a minute, okay. but, you know, in a second. Um, number one, Nichelle Nichols tells the story about Whoopi Goldberg and, um, a, you know, they talk about uh, – George Takei talks about the astronauts, you know, yeah, who, yeah. you know, excited. James Doohan tells that my boyfriend and I were both crying at oh, his bit yeah. when he talks about the, the suicidal woman. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, funnier, but the uh, divorce Kelly where he talks about the woman who sent him, you know, the dirty pictures at the joint, like, you know, I kept that one. Yeah. These are, but you know, all of these are saying about how they had just a positive influence on just people, whether it was just simply as, you know, oh, here's a handsome guy on TV or saving somebody's life or getting somebody to yeah. understand the importance of, you know, racial representation. I mean, yeah. the, you know, they're, they're what I remember when we finished watching the original series, you know, and you were asking me what I in general thought of the show. And I said, you know, there was a lot of shitty episodes in there, you know, there was, and, but in general, you know, the whole is so, you know, transcends its parts and, you know, there is something transcendent about this franchise. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, it it it, it did break my heart a little bit yeah. when when um I forget her name, but the the woman who who did the radio show Talk Track. Oh yeah, you know, said like, oh well, they'll they'll keep doing it as long as it's thoughtful. And I was like, well, you know, to, JJ Abrams movies are not exactly thoughtful, but we'll leave that alone. No, but, but at I, the but same time, time get, I think that you know. I was initially disappointed that that Star Trek Discovery was being delayed from from January to May of next year. But, you know, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I was selfishly disappointed because I want to see it. But I, I think that that indicates to me that that Brian Fuller and the creative team that he has put together are really taking this seriously and are really looking to. I mean, he has said in interviews, he has said in, in, in statements and things like that, you know, panels and conventions and stuff that they are looking to continue the legacy of Star Trek in a very real way, and they want to do this right. And I think that they recognize that this is something that's been going on for 50 years, and they are not the creators of this. They are the stewards of something that is bigger than all of them. Hmm. Well, what I'm thinking about is that, number one, with, you know, assuming Discovery does turn out to be that thoughtful show, which, you know, we are feeling positively about, I feel like the J.J. Abrams, you know, J.J. Trek was important in getting the concept of Star Trek back on the table because it's true. There have – it's been a while since, yeah. you know, getting it back on the table, getting people talking about it, showing that this can still make money. So, you know, and frankly, being the pop – again, being the pop version, I know when we were talking about the um, – making the – you know, Sulu in the third movie gay, you know, I said something like, you know, well, you know, keep in mind, that's for the straight people, you know, this is something, you know, big we're doing for them. So yeah, the Star Trek films in generally were for the straights and, you know, now, now Discovery will be done for the Trekkies, you know, you maybe, you know, it is unfortunate, the reality, you know, the commercial realities that are hitting in 2016, which are very different than they were when the original series, when Next Generation, you know, the, the landscape is utterly different than it was in the 90s, and I wonder if I, – I think it might have changed enough that, you know, what Star Trek fandom in the 90s was cannot exist anymore. Um, well, how would he mean? In, in, in the sense that, you know – well, you talk about Next Generation was on network TV and it was gi- a gigantic hit. You Next know, Generation was not on network TV. Uh, well, whatever. Syndicated TV. Sorry, syndicated but the but the point is, you know, Star Trek Discovery is being released in a very different kind of. I mean, it's it's certainly an evolution, just as a syndicated show was a different version, and just as a web series is slightly different, and that's how you know it managed to make that format its own. You know, I still think there will be able to be things with the passion and the reach of that, but not in the same exact manner. Just because, again, the way people watch TV is different. The way that you know, yeah. the numbers a show gets is different. Well, I think that, I mean, to, to go back to, to that, that anecdote about you know Star Trek being available worldwide on Netflix yeah. now, I think that that's true and not true because you know, Star Trek became such a big cultural phenomenon because it was, it was you know, put in strip syndication. It was put on the yeah. air five days a week at the same time every day, usually in an after-school slot where kids could see it. And it became massively successful in in syndication. I think that Star Trek has always been a franchise and a television show and and whatever you want to call it, a phenomenon that has embraced changes in the media landscape and has done uh, uh, amazing things with them. And I am not... um, I am not pessimistic about Star Trek Discovery's chances. I think it's going to do very well. And I think that it is going to uh, really make... 
I mean, of course, it's not going to make uh, internet television a thing because Netflix has already done that. Yeah. But I think that it is going to show that this is now the way that people yeah. watch stuff because we're not talking about House of Cards or Orange is the New Black or whatever the Netflix yeah. show of the of the month is. We're talking about fucking Star Trek and it is now an internet series and it is doing amazing. Yeah. It's going to legitimize it in a way that I don't think even Netflix has. Yeah. I mean, I think the two of them are needed because, you know, Star Trek's the giant, and then there's still other stuff around it. But, you know, uh, I, again, I think, you know, it and, well, maybe not Orange is the New Black because, you know, I didn't see the new season, but it's... Why would you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but I don't know. I think BoJack Horseman's doing a great job. So, you know, it need, we need both Star Trek and BoJack Horseman. Okay. Sure. What does Denise Crosby do except, you know, because I, I mean, when we, in terms of... Oh, she runs a florist floor shop in Pasadena. Oh, that's nice. Because, no, um, no. I mean, when we went to the museum exhibit in Seattle a couple of months ago, she, she was, was there sighting. And, you know, she does this movie. I know she does a lot of fan things. When you consider that her character was on one season and a few, and she was on one season and a few guest episodes. Um. Are you asking me I guess what I, she does for money? Is that I, what you're I, I, asking? I, no, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it, I don't know her. But no, if, she, if she wants to be friends, she can call me. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like seven. No, I'm not giving my phone number out. As I mean, I don't know. Like, is it is it a case of she just you know this was the thing she was the most successful and she's run with it or? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I mean. It's I mean, I, well. I think that question is. I think that question is 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 because um, uh, I don't think I like her based on this movie. Well, I I, I think that um, I think your question is a little churlish, to be honest with of you. Of course, it is. I'm I'm I, I. But that's not a bad thing. We need to be honest, and I think yeah. that one of the reasons why Chirac about works so well is that we're both very yeah. honest with with our opinions, um, in in a respectful way. But I think that I, I guess- Denise, Denise Crosby is someone who. Um, like she said in the movie, she was a very young actor. Yeah. When she got the job, she was struggling. She wasn't getting parts. Yeah. She got this part. It was just a part for her. It was, a, you know, she got a part, a regular s- series. Yeah. On a television show. That's a big deal for any actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if Denise Crosby is perhaps, let's charitably say, um, not the best actor or not the best uh, businesswoman because she she felt like the parts yeah. that she was getting the the scripts that she was getting in the next generation were not very good and she wanted to leave the show so okay that's fine then she famously thought she was going to go off and have this wonderful movie career which never really materialized i think the thing that people would probably know her for the most is the pet cemetery movie which is oh yeah actually pretty good yeah but it's also nothing that people yeah. really remember exists 30 years later so and it's not as you know when you said that i'm like oh yeah okay you know i i because i haven't seen it in years but i i think that you know she is i think she's doing what a lot of star trek actors do which is they take a role because, and of course, as the series went on, people kind of knew this was going to happen and they were yeah. going to get sucked into this huge fandom. But I, I think that she's doing what a lot of Star Trek actors do is yeah. that they're, they're, 
They're using it as an opportunity to make money, certainly. Yeah. I don't begrudge them that. I mean, But yeah. they're also really sincerely trying to grapple with what Star Trek means to them and how they got involved in this thing that they don't really understand. Because I think if you look at all of the interview footage in Trekkies from all of the actors... What it really comes down to is all of them are going, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Well, there's the one bit where she and Brent Spiner are talking about all of the, you know, erotic art people have sent them of that one scene where Data and Yar hook up and like. Yeah, and the naked now. Yeah. yeah, And they, you know, they find it both creepy and hilarious and, you know, but like, you know, they know that like few other people in the world get this. Right. And that's weird. Right. And, and how Brent Spiner is like, stop sending me stuff. Like, we're doing all right. Like, you know, we don't need your stuff. But I think that that really is what, yeah. what she does. You know, and I, I, I think that that's fine. And I, that's in a tradition that a lot of these... I mean, you yeah. know, William Shatner has gone through periods where he didn't want anything to do with Star Trek. You know, a lot of them did. I mean, I think that, you know, again, if you look at the the part of the movie which focuses on that first convention... um, and and George Takei is saying, I think these people are are, are yeah. idiots for doing this, and they get all this love, all this affection. I mean, you know, I, I went to the convention, you know, a couple months ago in, in Vegas in August for the 50th anniversary, and, and Whoopi Goldberg and Kirstie Alley were both there. They had never done a convention before, to my to my knowledge. I think this was their first convention ever, not even a Star Trek convention. And you know, and frankly, I mean, both of them were not really in things other than Star Trek that would even have them really be in conventions. You know, so there's no Sister Act convention or no Color Purple convention. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, or Veronica's Closet convention. Although that would be fun. Cheers conventions. Nah, People so. just get drunk and drunk and drunk. That's just called being at a bar, Richard. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> but, you know, they, they both were, were asked the question, you know, why have you not done this before? And their answers were pretty much the same. They, Whoopi Goldberg and Kirstie Alley both said, I don't know. I was freaked out. I thought you people were weird. <laughs> but you know what? This is great. And I'm sitting in my chair watching them say this, and I'm thinking to myself, and, and actors in the movie, in the interviews, said yeah. as much, where they're like, yeah, of course it's great. You've got 5,000 people in a huge auditorium that are just like telling you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Like you're getting all this affection, you're getting all this adulation, you're getting all this love from all these people. And that's really what it comes down to. You know, and I think that's what you see um, in in the first uh, uh, convention when mm-hmm. they talk about that. Because, you know, the show had been canceled. They had no idea. They weren't paying attention, right? I mean, Leonard Nimoy, George Takei, William Shatner, Nichelle Nichols, you know, yeah. all, all the all the actors from the show were just, okay, well, we're back and we're working actors, so we're yeah. going to try and do stuff again. One job ended after three seasons. Again, it wasn't even like it had been a long runner and it wasn't like it became their lives like right. a 10-year s- season, you know, would be. Right. And so they weren't involved in it at all. They didn't really know what was going on. And they, they get this convention and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where did this come from? You know, and I think that that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and especially given that as Star Trek invented conventions, invented fandom as we know it, I mean, that in particular, they had no, we understand what it's like to make, we can probably grasp grasp some of what it would like be like to have a surprise hit that, oh, this has conventions about that. I'm surprised that that got that big, but because conventions are a predefined thing already, like to get, you know, to get this. I think part of Takei's, you know, these people are fools is not only like, you know, there really aren't that many people who'd want to be us, but like, what is, what does he mean? A fan convention? Even? Right. You're going to get people together in a room and do what? Talk? I don't get it. About 
a show we did for three years, ten years ago. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Well, it was five years ago, but yeah. But, yeah. But I think, I think you're right. And, you know, that, that is really what it comes down to. Well, and I think that, you know, the other thing, too, that I find so fascinating about this movie is, um, I don't know his name. I didn't write down any of their names. I feel bad. But uh, the the 14-year-old kid who, you know, does yeah. all the graphic design and stuff, like, he is a working visual effects artist yeah. in Hollywood. He worked on uh, the final episode of Enterprise. Yeah. He's worked on a lot of big movies. Well, I mean, he was obviously very talented. When he shows that little, you know, this is something I like. At one point, he's yes, he's a little annoying because he's a fifteen-year-old who's a little too into it. But you know, obviously, he grew up and you know, yeah. Com- but like, you know, even when he's showing the little movie he rendered on his computer, you have to remember that this is something a fifteen-year-old kid and did in nineteen ninety-six, ninety-seven, yeah. like. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like 133 megahertz. Yeah, like whatever the hell he had. Yeah, good for him. I know, and that's the thing. I mean, where it's like, but but would he have become this person if Star Trek hadn't existed? No, I don't know. Maybe not. Mm. And I think that that's really what it comes down to is all of these people find their maybe not yeah. their best selves, but they find a good version of themselves, and they they want. I think what it really comes down to for me is like people want to live up to the ideals of Star Trek. You know, if you look yeah. at, at at the fifteen year old, if you look at the woman who who went to the the trial in her in yeah. her uniform and says, you know, I'm doing public service. This is what we do. Yeah, this is what it comes down to: is that they all look at Star Trek and they all something about it speaks to them, and they say, I want this to be a yeah. part of my life, not even a, a, a part of my television watching. I want this to be a part of my yeah. life. I'm thinking about the couple with the dog and like the wife's, you know, nowhere near is into it, but she's humoring her husband, you know, and the dentist, you know, and all the, but yeah. yeah, like again, people who are in isolation, that's either very weird or, you know, I mean, obviously the guy with the dog that they're harmless, you know, but yeah, they are all getting into something bigger than themselves and again as the uh-huh. the woman who's the, you know she says you know you could wear a military uniform you know in public and that would yeah you know somebody who was wearing a you know an army officer's uniform you know you they're supposed to be showing off certain ideas of authority and strength and you know loyal and whatever yeah. um yeah and at this point the starfleet uniform has as well come to represent certain things and Again, you know, what I left the movie thinking is, you know, just what, what whatever impact Roddenberry actually had isn't 100% relevant. As Major Barrett says, you know, this is American myth-making. I mean, we credit Homer with the Odyssey, but, you know— And to it, be clear, I think Roddenberry yes. had a lot to do with it. Oh, no, no. I'm I, not saying he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think they talk— I think I've said this before, but this episode in particular, as we're leading up to a very harrowing election, is making me realize how much we do need these messages of, you know, love and optimism and, you know, togetherness and, you know, infinite diversity and infinite combinations and all of those things. Like, I think that you just dropping that in there. Aren't I cute? Um, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) No, like, I think. This is good messages for the world. I think we have gone through some very... I mean, the 90s were a very cynical, dark time. The 2000s were a cynical, dark time. Now is a cynical, dark time. I think we need some messages of love in the world. I hope that Discovery becomes a hit because I think we could do far worse than having... 
the, this these ideas percolating some more. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what I keep coming back to, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think we need Star Trek now. I mean, yeah. I think we always need Star Trek, but I think I think now particularly, yeah. we need it. You know, we have gone through, uh, you know, fifteen years of television being dominated by yeah. male antiheroes, yeah. starting with The Sopranos and and just continuing on from there, and. We've gotten some good ones. Breaking Bad was an amazing show, but at you I don't know, think you get Mad Men without The Sopranos. Obviously, you don't get a lot of good television. But I, I mean, I feel like Mad Men and Breaking Bad the, that that was the end, and we we we've gone as far as we can with this particular character. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that we we need that. Now. Yeah, and I think that uh, Brian Fuller and, and and crew will will do a good job with it, and I think that it will be a a, a good Star Trek show. But I. I think it's almost irrelevant, you know. I mean, because like I said before, where Voyager's not great, Enterprise yeah. isn't great. You know, I think we're going to have interesting conversations about them, and I think that we're going to get a lot out of it. And there are definitely good episodes. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, know, I, we're not doing like Stargate Atlantis. I mean, this <laughs> is not, you know, like there's no reason to ever watch Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> but there's always stuff in there. But I think that what it comes down to is that the quality of Discovery is almost irrelevant because again, the first two JJ Abrams movies are not that great either, but there's all this other star Trek out there that is, and these are the vehicles for those new fans to get into. this. And it's like, you like these movies? Look at all this. What look at at what we have here for you. You have 50 years of stuff for you to look at. And whatever your personal, you know, attachment to star Trek or whatever your personal journey with star Trek, it's all there for you. And welcome to the fandom is is essentially what happens. You know, yeah, you're, you're here. You know, I mean, so many articles were written about, um, you know, and, and and comments made about when Discovery first, you know, was announced, and it's like a lot of, you know, a lot of fans were like, "This is great." You know, yeah. we we get to uh, have new actors into our family. Yeah, and, and we're going to be seeing in the at conventions for the next fifty years. I mean, that must be, you know, an, yeah, it, it, it's. That must be something that they have to consider when they're even casting somebody. Like, you're going to be part of a lot of people's lives. Like, I mean, Brian Fuller Fuller has to cast with the understanding that, you know, whatever actor he's cast, he's giving them to us, the fan community, you know, as as somebody important in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I'm... uh happy about it i have found star trek in general to be a very welcoming and lovely experience now i've gotten into it in a very unusual way um by design i was gonna say no no like i mean i i think it's fair to say that there are a few people who've gotten into star trek in the way that i have gotten into star trek but um it's probably more likely for example that somebody watched the first movie and said oh i'd like more stories with this cast I'll watch the original series, but yeah, yeah. you know, I I have very much and again, I'm in DS9 as opposed to Voyager or even the original series, you know, but yeah, I think this Trek feels worth it. Yeah. It is worth it. And you're worth it. Aw. So are you. Aw, and listeners, you're worth it because you've all paid us a couple of bucks <laughs> to get this. <laughs> Uh, that is very true. <laughs> that is not Star Trek at all, but 
you know, we, we do, we do not very live, Ferengi of we us. We do not live in the Federation, so we <laughs> we need money to survive, and we and we thank you all very much for it. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you for all the Latinum. Well, if you have any comments on this uh, patron special, you can send us an email: the secret special email trekaboutshow at gmail dot com, and you'll get another one of these in November. Do you want to tell them what we're doing? No. Okay, fine. I'll tell them. I don't quite remember. <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to a to a concept that we did uh, a few months ago, and we're going to oh yeah uh, do a character examination. So we're going to talk about my favorite character. Well, not my favorite character, but I like her a lot. Pulaski. <laughs> I like Pulaski. I like Pulaski too. We're going to talk about Pulaski. Okay. Where she where she disappeared to? <gasps> her character. What's good about her? What's bad about her? Why she didn't work on the show? Why she did work on the show, why she hated data, all kinds of stuff Hata. about her. Hata. So uh enjoy that. Look for that in your email in a month's time. And thank you for listening. And please continue to listen to Truck About and tuning in. We love you all. Bye. <laughs>